1: Hello and welcome to the First Line Podcast presented by the Say It Again Network. I am one of your co-hosts and line mates, Kyle Henning. Follow me on Twitter at Kden16. I am joined by another of our regular line mates, Jen Mackey at Big Mac underscore four. We are also joined by, who now seems to be a regular, but is still somewhat a guest on the show, at Ryan Feaster at... Ryan underscore Feaster19 on Twitter, um, and I think on most socials for everybody. Follow the podcast at The First Line Podcast on all of your social media handles, wherever you get your podcast episodes, like, rate, and review, subscribe, all those good things. Now that I got all out of the way, Janet, it's been a minute since we've talked to you. How have you been?
2: Yeah, it's been a while. Kind of crazy to think. I don't know. It's probably been, what, a month since you and I have talked on here. So.
1: Like it. It's been at least that, because, you know my fun fun times so
2: yeah you know life just happens but I'm glad to be back talking talking hockey with you guys and Ryan this is the first time we've ever interacted so I'm excited to kind of see and pick your your hockey brain
1: yeah I'm excited to be back I did plenty of picking of his hockey brain (laughs) last episode I basically let him talk the whole time so we won't make him do that the entire time this evening
2: yeah that that's Kyle's MO you know he he hosts but he makes you do all the talking
1: Usually people tell me I talk too much, so I'm trying to do the other side of the coin here. either
2: he doesn't talk or he'll go on probably about a 10-minute rant. There is no in-between with Kyle. That's not not fair. That's not how that works. It's true, though. Sometimes. Sometimes it's true. If we start talking about Sidney Crosby going to the avalanche, then he gets going.
1: No, that's 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 just... That's just not a conversation we're going to have again because after the last time, I, there's no secrets about my feelings <laughs> on that, that, that subject, so there's not – just just unneeded to go back down that road. Um, on a separate conversation, we will talk about a former Penguin, though, and that's what I'm going to call him because that's what I will try to remember him as. Patrick Marlowe is going to be reaching his 1768th game in the NHL, breaking Mr. Hockey's record sure some people don't love that because we all have weird ways we hold our heroes in high regards so there are going to be some folks that don't love that gordy's records going down but how do you feel about that subject and how does the state of minnesota feel about that subject since you're well sharks representing... player
2: patrick marlowe who it... what team is that
1: <laughs> the sharks that's, oh yeah that's, right. that's we where
2: we can... he's remembered nobody remembers him that's as a right. penguin wow. but I mean, he he tied the record here in Minnesota, so it was cool to see the Wild kind of present him with that and make a big deal of it. And the team afterwards went over, shook his hand, and just kind of congratulated him, knowing that he was going to be breaking the record tonight. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it is sad to see Mr. Hockey's record kind of get wiped away. I mean, it's still a phenomenal record, and he'll be number two. But to see Patrick Marlowe I mean it's, it's kind of cool getting to see history being made in hockey, you know, it's not something that I feel like our generation gets to experience a lot because there was there's so many records that these older players have that we'll probably never see broken. So to see see something like this happen and just the stats that have come out were what he's played with 30% or something like that 30 33% of every NHL player who's ever played. I think it's just it's bizarre, and I guess I didn't realize how old Marlo was. He's forty one. I didn't real I didn't realize that, so it's kind of cool to see somebody that I've watched the last what ten years that I've really invested myself in hockey break a record like this. And it's not like he's this huge superstar, has all the stats kind of guy, but just to see this happening, I think I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a bummer to see Gory Howe's record kind of scraped. I'm sure. There's no way he doesn't hold other records, but I think it's, at least for me, just to kind of see that hockey history being made, I think it's pretty cool, and that's why I'm glad we're recording now and that uh, San Jose has a late, late game against the Knights, so I can watch it after we're done recording this.
1: Well, uh, the, the thing I would say to that is to keep in perspective for everybody, he has played with like 33 or something percent of the league now. A lot of that has to do with the amount of expansion and stuff, since he's been in the league he's been around since 1997 so he's a bit of an older gentleman at this point he's a gray beard he's
2: basically been playing as long as i've been alive
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that'll that'll do that um not gonna go into that because then i'm gonna get old (laughs) really fast here but ryan for for you how how does it how does that how's that one feel
0: very interesting you know again me being younger, there aren't a lot of hockey history memories that I have, you know, other than stuff with my dad and stuff. So it was very cool getting to see and getting to experience that. I think that's pretty cool. And one of the things that's kind of underrated is just longevity, how long he had to be able to be in that top shape to compete. Like if he wasn't able to play, they wouldn't have just put him on for pity. Like no one was helping him get here. He had to be in shape. The teams were willing to say, yeah, you can help us enough that we'll give you a contract. So –
2: because well, he he went to the Leafs for a little bit right there and then came back to San Jose and you could tell that they were just happy to have him back so you can tell he means a lot to that organization and to see him reach that milestone with that team I think that's really that it, that makes it more special that he's doing it with the team he spent most of his time with
1: yeah his cup of coffee in Toronto did not last super <laughs> long but they they did bring him back for sure to San Jose I kind of always figured they were going to after they let him go try to get a cup somewhere because they couldn't quite get it done when he was there. Um, But I am, I'm okay with it. Obviously it's great. And it's a Testament to him. I don't think you'll see anybody else really ever get close to it again. I didn't think we'd see anybody get close to it this time, which is the real reason I'm cool with it, with it being that also, I think it's pretty good, pretty neat that he is more of a two way forward that did play both ways and more involved with that side than say some guys that, are a one trick pony. So I'm, I'm good with it. It's, it's fun. It's interesting. Um, it's the only story the Sharks really got this year, so that's great. That's also probably the reason the Wild shook this shook his hand because it ain't going to happen at the end of the playoff games that they're not going to be in. So,
2: oh, they're a classy organization. Ryan Suter, I think, is the one who started the handshake. So, I'm not saying <laughs> the
1: Wild aren't classy. I'm just saying the Sharks aren't going to be around to be shaking hands with people at the end of a playoff series. So somebody had to do it now. So Sorry, I, yeah. I get why doing it. But um, on that. On that same note, we can start to look at some of the other news. Uh, we had the first joint Pride game between the P- Pittsburgh Penguins and the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo over the weekend. Um, if you guys did not catch that, apparently Penguins fans did because they sold the store out of all their Pride gear.
2: So. I did see. I didn't get to watch the actual game, but I did see all the merch and everything, all the promo on social media, and I I thought it was pretty cool looking. Um, yeah, I think good. the meaning is obviously really important and the merch was really cool and well done. So I think that they really, they did a good job with this. And I'm sure as a Penguins fan, you have more to say on that.
1: I was much bigger fan of the Penguins warmups than the Sabres warm ups, just because the white, I think, looks better with the way that they did those jerseys. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as super fan of the gray because when you flip that to the front of the jersey... That gray just kind of is just bland. The whole jersey is gray at that point with this white, awkward centerpiece. So I, yeah, I enjoyed just the... just can't catch a
2: break this year. <laughs> no, no, not
1: really. Buffalo. Who likes Buffalo anyway? No
2: right. Not even
1: their own players for Buffalo the most Buffalo did
2: win that game, though. They won the
1: second <laughs> game of the weekend. I don't think they won the first one. They didn't one. win that game,
2: but they won the one. I don't think ne- they okay. won that
1: one. They won the next one. Uh, I'm And I could be wrong on that. But they, they split that, that series um, 1-1, so... It was a, It was different. They did a bunch of publicity stuff before the game. I was actually curious to see how much of it they were going to show actually on television, and they did actually show them warming up in those jerseys on TV, and they did give it coverage, so that's yeah. something nice to see the NHL doing. Um, yeah, I the NHL he... is
2: usually pretty good about that. You know, the motto is hockey is for everyone, so they usually try and make it a point to be as inclusive as possible to everybody watching, everyone involved, so... They never really skimp out on that kind of stuff, which I think hockey really takes a lot of pride in.
1: And the interview with Brian Burke about the foundation that him and his family kind of created in honor of their son and did that whole thing, that was good to see that get some light and get some coverage for everybody involved in that organization because I think that's a big step in in a lot of things in the hockey community from that front. So it was an interesting day for sure. Um, Obviously, you're not going to have everybody love it. Because people are weird and don't like things, but
2: (laughs) that's just the way it is. That's
1: their own issue, and that's fine. Um, But I was really impressed with the way that the NHL did the whole thing. I was I was pleasantly surprised with their execution on on a concept. I think that they should really invest more time into.
0: Well, you know, that's kind of one of the things the NHL has been focusing on of late is expanding their reach and their audience, and focusing on getting new people they've learned to play program that all 31 soon to be 32 teams trying to help them expand their markets locally and get more fans involved in the games
1: yeah if we could just get them to figure out and stop blacking out games and limiting their audience base then they could like i don't know maybe grow a regional market
2: kyle every week <sighs> every week <laughs>
1: It's just they do things well, and then they turn around and shoot themselves in the foot, and I don't
2: understand It's like the NHL does things right, except for when it comes to actual media coverage. They're very good about what they're doing. They just don't get the broadcast that they should, and I think we kind of noticed that when we thought maybe when they go over to ESPN, that would change, but obviously it didn't because we got the long list of blackout games. Did,
1: (laughs) Did you watch the trade deadline exclusive? It was mostly TSN coverage.
2: Oh, really? And then they were
1: like, well, we're a, t- we're a Canadian-based company. I said, well, you're being broadcast all over the United States. Yeah.
0: And it's because you know what they're talking about. It. Uh, I mean, Stephen A. trying to figure out what the heck uh, hockey is I'm are. so
1: looking forward to Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith trying to stumble their way through a hockey segment. It's going to be <laughs> great. Stellar television. It's
0: be like the Chance the Rapper SNL segment.
1: Yep, pretty much. Although, uh, yeah, at least that, guys. I would say this at least. Greenberg acknowledges the fact that they only know how to talk about NFL quarterbacks. Because if you don't believe me, that's all their content's been for the last month. And they're and not a half. even
0: good at that. They're not even good at it. <laughs> like it's pitiful. It's they, not. They have skipped Bayless like takes. It's it's pitiful. <laughs> it's it's bad.
2: And maybe that's why I have never watched the people you're talking about. <laughs> they're the kind of coverage oh, I avoid. Oh,
1: oh, you're <laughs> okay. You're not missing anything. It's fine.
2: Mom, Dad. Let's talk. I know right now I'm all about juice boxes and chasing the dog. But sooner than you think, I'm out of here. I want to go to college, out of state. Or start a business in an industry that doesn't even exist yet. My allowance ain't going to cut it. So, while I'm at my most adorable, I'm asking you to download the Unest app and start saving for my future.
3: The Unest app puts smart investing tools right in the palm of your hand. And the funds in your Unest account can be used for anything, from college tuition to building a nest egg to use for other things for your kids. Plus, you can grow your Unest account by making purchases from top brands like Disney Plus and DoorDash. Or share a Unest gifting link so friends and family can help grow your child's account. Download the Unest app and use the code iHeart25 at sign up to receive a $25 bonus when you fund your account. That's code IHEART25 when you sign up at UNEST.CO for a $25 bonus. See terms and conditions at UNEST.CO.
1: All right, let's let's uh, let's do this. We will transition slowly, surely, easily into our next segment, which will be uh, our wrap around the league that we haven't done in goodness, almost a month. Pre trade deadline. It's going to be a long wrap
2: around. <laughs> no,
1: no, 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 no. Ryan and I gave everybody a little overview oh of where we thought God. teams were. Um, We talked about how Nashville's a bipolar person and can't figure out what they want to do with themselves.
2: Nashville's Um, been kind of one of those teams we've been, like, a giant question mark for months on this show. There was one time where we were like, you know, should be a playoff team on paper. We were really confident in them, and then they just proved us wrong, and now they're just, (sighs) like, a seesaw. They're really, like, they'll beat a good team and then lose to a bad team. They're just, they're very confusing.
1: We can we can start in that division. Yeah, let's
2: just start in that division because that division is just a mess.
1: They're they're currently or were currently tied with Chicago one one. And oh nope, they scored again. Oh my god, they found That's a goal cool. a lead.
0: About Three teams in that division. The other teams are all seesaw like because well, Chicago, that, you never know which team is going to show up. Dallas, you don't know. Columbus, you don't know. Detroit yeah. even sometimes manages you know, to win games, which is mind boggling. Sometimes Speaking I of, forget
2: columbus is in that division i don't know why they just feel like out of place there and same with the, the hurricanes it's just it's weird to see them that because as a wild fan i'm used to seeing certain teams in the central and we get the boot and then there's these other teams in but i don't know the central is just a very confusing division you know you have the lightning who we were all so sure would just dominate and they've been kind of struggling they're they're kind of showing their colors and like all these teams that we thought would be for sure, you know, you got the Dallas stars and the lightning and we thought the Preds would be better than they are. And then you kind of get the bottom of the barrel where it's the Blackhawks, Detroit. And you're like, well, even the Panthers at the beginning of the year, we kind of thought they'd be the bottom. And, you know, obviously Panthers have been one of the best teams in this division, surprising all of us winning multiple games against these tougher teams, Blackhawks, They've really turned it around here. Detroit, they'll win a couple weird games. Um, they're never really out of the fight. They, they lose a lot of close ones. It's its very confusing division to watch because you think you know who should be the better teams, and then they go prove you wrong every other night.
0: And Tampa's definitely hit a point where they're just kind of coasting. they You watch them play, and they're going through the motions. They know mm-hmm. they're that good. They can – They don't start trying until they're down like three, and then someone in the locker room says, hey, we should probably at least try and make this look close. Yeah. And then they go out and they just score at will, it feels like. And, again, their goaltender hasn't had to play very well. And so come playoff time, I think they're going to flip that switch and be, remind everyone why they're that good.
1: That team is entirely, for me, based on whether or not they care that night. Their focus is their whole day. Like they were up two nothing on Carolina tonight. Now it's tied at two, and like I still don't know that I'm remotely concerned they're going to lose that game because I just feel like at any point they can go, "Oh, we need a goal," and then go score.
2: Well, and not Unless only playing they playing yeah, Not only do they have the the ability to go out and they have the talent to go go uh, score goals. When you've got Vasilevsky in the net, your chances of winning are so much higher. It's it's unfair. He's arguably the best goalie in the league right now, and they really rely on him every week to it, perform. Uh,
1: it makes playing defense a much less heart-beating heart experience. You don't quite get the uh, palpitations you'd get if you have a regular goalie behind you when you have that guy behind you.
2: Yeah.
0: And then they have one of the top five defensemen in the league and Victor Hedman, too. So they just have so many riches upon riches on that team. It's not yeah. even fair.
2: There's yeah. really not a weak like a true weak spot on that team. You know, most teams you're like, well, the offense is really good, goalie is average, but the defense is really struggling, which makes the goalie struggle. It's they have everything they need where they have like they've got solid defense, solid goaltending, solid point getters. It's they they should you you look at them it's like they should be dominating and like you guys kind of said maybe they know the talent they have and they're just kind of coasting with it, but Everything changes in playoff hockey. Teams who maybe barely squeaked in can sweep. I mean, we saw the Blue Jackets sweep Tampa, who was a favorite that one year. So it's playoff hockey is very different. It's just a matter of you you got to get there and you don't want to all of a sudden struggle. There's what 50, 60 some days left of the regular season. It's I think it's even it's less coming, than that. Coming to the end because what we're on day 97, I believe, as we're recording this.
1: Yeah, and the only time the reason it's going to extend out is depending on how they go about the rest of that Vancouver schedule, which we'll talk about when we talk about the North. But the uh, rest of this division, we talked about its inconsistencies. Detroit has two goals on four sh- shots tonight and is tied with Dallas at two. Luke Glendinning has two goals. Yeah, chalk that up on your bingo card for 2021.
2: Okay, this has um, nothing to do with the actual game, but I love Dallas's retro jerseys
1: the whites the The all white white. ones that they're rocking i love it i sure they're great to play against when they blend into the ice because they only have like four pieces of green piping on that whole (laughs) jersey and then
2: pavelski usually has a white stick too it's just uh yeah it's just it's so crisp looking it's like icy you know i love it so whenever they wear those i get i get pretty excited about it it just it looks sharp
1: And then Nashville, to continue that thought process through this division, Nashville is up on Chicago 3-1 after not scoring goals at all pretty much all weekend. They've now found their offense all of a sudden. And you have Tampa Bay tied at two with Carolina somehow. Like 3-1 Panthers over the Blue Jackets. The whole division is playing tonight, it seems like. And all of them are in games where – if I would have been trying to predict this, I'd probably have gotten all four of them wrong at some point throughout tonight based yeah, on how everybody's playing.
2: Was I think I picked picked Panthers. I usually I've been leaning towards the Panthers a lot. I know beginning of the season when I was making my predictions, I was like, "Oh, the Florida Panthers picking blues every game and then they obviously made me regret that." So, I think I picked them. Probably picked probably picked the Lightning. Probably picked the Blackhawks actually cuz Blackhawks are a weird team, especially like it seems like when Nashville, Detroit, and the Blackhawks play, you never really know what could happen, and especially when they're playing each other, it, it could just be, it could be 0-0 and go into a shootout, for all I know. It's, they're just, they're weird when they play each other. It's almost like they're the kind of teams that play to the talent of their opponent, so it, it seems like it's always close, even though they have all the talent there, it's just, it's always relatively close,
0: Carolina and Florida are me the most fun because they get the most production out of all their players on top to bottom. That Even guys you don't expect to be scoring somehow find a way to be productive and do something helpful to make the team look good or win. And that's why they're at the top of the division right now. I mean, I know one, two, three can flip-flop any given night depending on who wins and loses. But that top three has been fun to watch this season.
1: Mm-hmm. They're, one of their goals tonight is from a guy most people probably don't know is on their team and Brady Shea, who was in New York last year. Most people forget that he is now in Carolina, uh, me included for the most part on that, because it's not a name that you typically see show up on your highlight reel or on your stat sheet all the time. So right. that speaks to what Ryan's talking about with scoring from places that you're not used to seeing. Uh, let's look at the next division that I think is probably the most fun for me to watch this year, which is the North, just because they all literally hate each other's guts. Um, it, it's it been an w- interesting division all season and you're starting to see more and more of that snarl and that nasty in that division. Do you think we're going to continue to see that increase as the season finishes out, Ryan?
0: Oh, for sure. Again, being around each other a lot makes you get on each other's nerves much more. Any sibling will tell you that. And, again, there's only seven of the teams, unlike eight in the other divisions, and so they are playing each other that much more. And there's already the added pressure of being a Canadian market team, and so all the players are constantly hearing the media in each of their groups constantly dogging if they're not winning. Toronto, the worst of all. So they all want to win the Battle of Alberta every time you think someone might die in one of those games. So it's definitely exciting. Day, not true. in the
1: stands, in the parking lot. Yes.
2: Yeah. The North, it's one of those, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's just fun. You look at the talent. I know we love talking about the the McDavid versus the Matthews and you just get that kind of energy. Like these are, these seem to be younger teams. So they're, they're more fast paced. There's a lot more to like a lot more speed, a um, lot of skill in that division. And yeah, like you said, Ryan, with it being only seven teams, they're seeing each other a little bit more. And then Vancouver being out of the mix, they're seeing each other even more now because it was just six teams for almost a month there. And Vancouver, thankfully, is back. I mean, I know a lot of people are indifferent about it. I think I tried to see both sides with it. I get um, wanting to come back. If enough players are healthy and it's safe for them to come back, I get needing to get that going because the Stanley cup finals and stuff there, the playoffs have to be set in stone at some point and you can't hold out the season too much longer. But with having less teams already, you have to be able to make up those games somehow. And the Canucks are a team that they could squeeze in the playoffs. So you don't want them to miss out on that opportunity. But at the same time, I get not wanting to rush them back for the health and safety of the players, personnel and their families. But I think it was cool to see them come back and then take that OT win against the, the Maple Leafs. Cause I, I honestly thought they'd be really rusty and yeah it was an OT win but I think that that gives them a lot of like a lot of boost in morale to be able to come back after that long cuz I they weren't even winning those last few games before they went on lockdown and to see them come back like that I think that'll that'll kind of set a tone for them as they come back. I don't know how many players exactly are still out but I think getting that win right away was huge for the organization again i don't know where everybody stands with that i try and see both sides of it but i for one i'm just happy that most of the players are feeling better because i was a huge concern the whole p1 strain of everything and it sounded like it was just horrible what it was doing to this uh this team and it was really scary so i'm glad that a lot of them are feeling better and I, i hope that they're feeling better and they're not playing still under the weather but it is good to see them back playing hockey
1: it's definitely going to be a tough stretch for them because they're going to play a lot of games in a short amount of time. What and is it 19 be, and
2: 32 days?
1: I think that's what they were saying, which is going to suck. And there's not really a nice way to put that. It's yeah. going to be not fun. You're going to have well, a lot of guys in ice baths. and yeah, A lot some- of teams
2: have had to play an abundance of games in a short period of time, but nothing like that.
1: Yeah, Dallas is on line one talking about, uh, yeah, we've done this recently enough. We I in mean, the that... Wild
2: have had to do it, but it was, you know, two weeks versus almost a month. And, like, it was hitting the Canucks so differently that you can't really compare situations to an extent like you can but you can't you know what I you mean? don't
1: want to compare situations around this kind of stuff anyway because we're no. operating with so little information because the nhl a can't really give it to people due to like i don't know about seven thousand stipulations due to player safety where they aren't allowed to give out like health and safety protocol type information
2: yeah we're talking about a league who tells you upper or lower body injury yeah they
1: already <laughs> don't really do a killer job of the injury report type thing they're definitely not going to tell you how many of their players have covid and they're not right. going to really disclose i was surprised like, i mean i was surprised they even told us it was the other strain of the covid virus because they don't typically disclose any information if they right i think it.
2: it was it was probably more of just a like this is serious take it seriously kind of like almost like a pr message to everybody like this stuff exists it's hitting our team hard There's different strains out there, and this one is really causing a lot of problems, and I think maybe in a normal year, they don't tell you everything that's going on if something's going around the team, but I think with the whole pandemic issue, I think it probably felt important that they bring attention to what's going on and how real the situation is and how hard it was hitting these guys where they were – bedridden as much as they were
1: oh they absolutely don't tell you this stuff in a regular year (laughs) there's no chance on earth you're getting that kind of information in a regular year none Uh, ryan can ryan can easily speak to that part (laughs) without much difficulty that is uh that's tap it in happy you're not getting yeah we don't you don't give information in high school at the high school level like it's a lot like the Kona
0: Silent silence from get smart (laughs) (laughs) you don't say that's why it's always interesting to see the uh, right after a team gets eliminated from the playoffs and find out what a lot of guys were playing through. Yeah, broken how hands, many surgeries that they have yeah.
1: scheduled.
2: Like, and who was it, Joe yeah. Thornton, a few years ago with the torn? Except like, we knew that before he played.
1: Before he played a minute, he was playing with no any kind of ligaments in his knee. Yeah. He was playing ligamentless in his knee. Yeah. in his knee.
2: And he's just like, so yeah, he's go go with surgery. surgery.
0: wanting to get guys back. I. You have to also recognize that a lot of these guys were probably itching to get back. They couldn't wait to get back. Like that is the way hockey players are wired. They want to be playing. So that was probably the hardest part on them. Those guys being told, "No, you got to wait, you've got to hold off." That they couldn't wait to get back on the ice. And you saw they got a win, so they definitely were ready to be back.
1: You, you got guys, especially. And whether it's right or not in the Canadian division, because some of the, a lot of those guys, like, I don't know, live there during the off season and like inhabit that place on a normal basis. It's a lot. People don't talk about it, but there are certain expectations that are just kind of expected at all levels of the sport when it comes to your locker room, your teammates and the fan base and kind of where you play and what you do. You play through stuff. It's just you heard me say ice baths and some medicine. There, there will be plenty of ice baths and medicine for several teams, not just Vancouver, but for several teams coming up over the next month and a half.
2: Okay, but before we get off of Vancouver, can we talk about the Holpi save?
1: Uh there's been a couple of different saves over the last month or two that have just been like, oh well, that's probably going to be saved. Like a year what or close he to was it. doing.
2: I don't really understand, but it was cool. Kind of like the way he cartwheeled into it.
1: It's kind of been his whole season is, I don't know (laughs) what you're doing, but it was, I mean, great.
2: Right. Brayden Holpe, he's always been one of those goalies where it's like, people maybe talk down on him, but I love watching him. So watching whatever that was, and then to get the save like that, it was just like, I couldn't believe what I, it was like matrix hockey. It was it was so bizarre looking, but to, at least he made the save. Otherwise, it would have been like, dude, what are you doing? But because he made the save, it was like, dude, what are you doing? That's so cool. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's just Braden Holpe being Braden Holpe.
1: For those of you old enough to remember, what is Marty doing? That's, that was... Several times with Holtby over the last week or two of you had that sentiment. Granted, I can't say a whole lot. Casey DeSmith pulled one similar to that not long ago <laughs> where it was like, whoa, okay, that worked. Great. Don't do that again, please. Massey
0: that- has some of those too. He, is, he, he had one behind the back. I remember I was actually at that game. I still don't know how he made that
1: save. It- he doesn't either. He's still trying to figure it out. It's okay. Then he does it again like seven other times in practice and just makes it look routine. I'm hoping this
0: will be a positive trend for Holby that he'll be able to get back to his game. Because that's been one thing that has definitely hurt Vancouver is him not being lights out.
1: Uh, they didn't. Day. They so, didn't go get him for him to be average, and he's been average. So that's that's a little bit of a concern, but I think that's something you'll see addressed. All right, we talked about all of his games played earlier. Let's talk about the West for a minute, Ryan. What do you think about this West? Is it just wrapped already? Is it Colorado, Vegas, and then everybody else? Or is there still some fighting to be done there?
0: No, I think the top three is locked. I think Minnesota is really good, too. Um, I don't have any faith in Arizona. (sighs) Don't get her head any
1: bigger. She's going to get an ego. They they are fun to watch. I don't know what to tell you, man. They are fun to watch. I think Colorado or Vegas is the best. We've hit a record by the way. We are the farthest into the podcast we've been before she said the word wild in a sentence. Well, that's because so.
2: they just dropped the puck and immediately Kirill Kaprizov goes and scores. So Yeah, that
1: kid's been incredibly fun he, to watch. Yeah, the he's thing is, is that the, he her, so
2: if he bad, doesn't I, would put a I on it. it would be shocking if he didn't win it. He, it should already be like his name should already be engraved and he he's I just ridiculous. Can't name any
0: of the other. So I don't. I <laughs> so. Well, even
2: uh, Kapokainen was in the conversation for a second there. Who's their rookie out. goalie? But I mean, it was cool to see him just get thrown in there. But I mean, he's not he's not the starter, but he he has posted some really good numbers. He went. I don't think he's the number one rookie goalie, but it was just kind of cool to see his hack thrown in the ring. But Kirill Kaprizov, I mean, it, it's nice that the Wild finally have a player that the league as a whole cares about, and. Yeah. for for good reason I mean he goes out there they drop the puck and he goes and scores he's just he's ridiculous and they're actually playing Arizona right now who they can be a weird team I mean the Wild have in the last few weeks dropped some really ugly games I mean they had a franchise record goals against with the Blues the other day that was really unfortunate Kyle was heckling me a lot about that one and I was not having it um you gave
1: up a touchdown and a two point conversion. I don't know what to tell you
2: I... yeah, that was just rough, but then they go and then the next day they they get one point out of it. they should have won it's they play they're kind of just all over the board uh the avalanche had their number for a while they're just really pounding them they finally get over that hump and then they go struggle against the blues and it again the west division i think there's a lot of talent in the west division, even the the teams who are maybe a little bit lower, like the Ducks, the Sharks, the Coyotes, even the Kings, I mean, they still come out and produce and they can compete with the teams like Vegas and the Wild. And I mean, Avalanche, they, Avalanche are just too good. I, I don't know any team that can truly compete with them. Um, like in Vegas a, is
1: going to give them a run if they're, if, if Colorado can't stay 100% healthy. Because Colorado's been seven, banged
2: up. In a game of seven. It's really hard to... I mean, I picked the Avalanche to win it all last year. They just have so much young talent that it's, you know, you got Makar and McKinnon and, I mean, just... They're, they're a young, talented, fast team. And watching them beat up on my Wild, it's like, okay, the Wild are a good team. And the way they go out there and do it like it's nothing, it's... I don't know. The Avalanche are... What, the Avalanche... Kind of feel like what the the Lightning should be in their division, except for the Avalanche are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing with the talent they have.
1: There is a clear gap between the top three and the rest of the division. I it was interesting
2: that. to see Dubnik go there, though, but he did get a win with them. It was just kind of an interesting move. He didn't spend too much time in San Jose, and I don't know who I don't really know the situation as to why they got rid of him because I thought Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik would have been a really good tandem. But he went and got a win for the Avs. And, I mean, he joined a better team, so good for Doobie. <laughs>
1: well, several of those teams you mentioned were sellers at the deadline. The Kings traded away Jeff Carter. Sharks were a trade conduit for about seven different deals that went down, including giving up giving up Dubnik, like you said. The Wild actually went and got Cam Talbot, which kind of threw me off a little bit. wasn't really super keen on that move for them, but He's they made good, it. He's been good,
2: though. Uh, so, he
1: he has. He has not been he, bad for yeah, them. It's he just, wasn't
2: my first choice. I was kind of like, oh, okay, I mean, he's not I bad. Guess, but then you watch and it's like, okay, I'm glad they made the choice they did. Because there was, there was a lot of – it was like goalie roulette in the offseason. So it's interesting to see how it's all playing out now.
1: As the uh, fantasy manager for Cocken and I wasn't super happy about his presence <laughs> in Minnesota, but they – seem to think that that's a massive upgrade where I just don't think that it is, but they seem to think it's a severe upgrade with Talbot and that he's got the, he got the start tonight, even though ESPN wanted to pretend like they had six skaters on the ice the whole time. They, he definitely got the start tonight. So uh, Ryan, you look at this West division other than, like I said, outside of Colorado, it, uh, uh, Vegas is about it for me.
0: Yeah. I think St. Louis will be interesting you know they have the pedigree they have the guys who've been there done that I think if Bennington finds his stride again and gets into a groove I think he's going to be lights out and I again I don't think Arizona is very good so I think St. Louis will probably squeak into the fourth spot and they could cause some trouble for a team like Colorado who is young like they're young and fast but they don't necessarily have the uh mental fortitude to get past it
2: right yeah the-
1: that is, uh, that's the biggest thing. Colorado's so talented, and they got a bunch of guys that I, I just – we've seen them resurrect careers, so to speak. Kadri's been good since he got there. skoy has been good since he got there. Uh, they, You said Dubnik's got a win for him. They've not had any problem adding talent and having it work out for them. So You shouldn't be
0: surprised about Kadri. He got out of the worst, most toxic media market in all of
1: sports. And all of a sudden can play again.
0: Yeah, anybody will play better as soon as they're not in Toronto. I promise you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Phil Kessel agrees with you. And yeah, the Penguins yeah. say thank you for that bag of potato chips they yep. sent to get him.
2: Yeah, and Phil Kessel kind of keeps those coyotes alive, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of the time. They seem to always have that veteran that makes them good enough to not draft super high, which is, I guess, take that for what you will. But It
0: doesn't matter yeah. when the previous guy lost all your draft picks. So
1: That, that too, that doesn't help a lot. But it, it definitely doesn't help when you win just too many games and then you ruin your lottery chances. And yeah.
2: Mom, Dad, let's talk. I know right now I'm all about juice boxes and chasing the dog. But sooner than you think, I'm out of here. I want to go to college, out of state. Or start a business in an industry that doesn't even exist yet. My allowance ain't going to cut it. So, while I'm at my most adorable, I'm asking you to download the Unest app and start saving for my future.
3: The Unest app puts smart investing tools right in the palm of your hand. And the funds in your Unest account can be used for anything from college tuition to building a nest egg to use for other things for your kids. Plus, you can grow your Unest account by making purchases from top brands like Disney Plus and DoorDash. Or share a Unest gifting link so friends and family can help grow your child's account. Download the Unest app and use the code iHeart25 at sign up to receive a $25 bonus when you fund your account. That's code iheart25 when you sign up at unest.co for a $25 bonus. See terms and conditions at unest.co.
1: All right, let's talk about the east. It's the meat grinder, it's the beast, it's the monster, it's the problem. It's what
2: it's the blood bla- bloodbath that we've talked about all year long. It's it's a who survives, whoever survives advances and that's been the narrative and it's still the narrative. <laughs>
1: who survives is becoming a more interesting subject because these teams are just beating the crap out of one another at this point.
2: Yeah. It's like, there's no mercy in this. I mean, there's no mercy in hockey, but this division is, there's just so much hate in it where it's, I mean, you could have a zero zero game and they're playing like one team is down for nothing and just, you know, fisticuffs and all this nonsense. I mean, it makes it fun to watch, but it's, Because it's kind of like, you know, this is where I feel like the older teams are. Like with the seasoned veterans who uh, there's a lot of talent here, but it's the older talent. So there's that longevity of tension between certain teams and certain players. And it's definitely starting to show. I mean, it's been showing, but as the season goes, it shows more and more. And even teams where it's like, oh, I didn't really know that they had beef with each other you put the devils in there and all of a sudden it's like oh well now everybody has beef with the devils because they're here and they're part of it now and it's it's a fun division to watch because you truly never know what's going to happen and aside from buffalo really tanking for a while there this division is pretty close
1: buffalo is comfortably the worst team in hockey at this point (laughs) i think it's safe to say i don't really think there's too much to argue about that but what i do want to ask ryan is this you can speak maybe a little more to the history of all the teams in there. I really think there's only one that doesn't have a true history of bad blood with this whole division, and it's the Bruins. The rest of these teams are all extraordinarily familiar with each other throughout the years of hating one another.
0: Yeah, and it definitely shows. You know, you had the the Washington-Pittsburgh rivalry for how long. The Islanders, the Rangers, all those teams have seen each other. They've been around each other. Despite the points being kind of close, I do think the top four, as we come into the home stretch, are going to kind of run away with it. I don't think the Rangers, Philly, Jersey, or Buffalo. Jersey and Buffalo are already out of it. I don't think Philly is going to recover. And I just don't think the Rangers have enough talent to push Boston out of that fourth spot. And, again, Washington and the Islanders are kind of just running away with it.
2: Yeah, and you kind of talk about the – bot. I mean, it's easy, though, to hate Boston – I personally love Boston, but it's easy to hate them. So they they almost fit right in with the narrative of this division and the Rangers, you know, with Panarin, you know, came back like he never left, hits that stride. I think if anything, he would you'd have to rely a lot on him to be able to have that chance. And I mean, it's possible I they wouldn't be able to make a run, I because he's a lot of the talent on that team and you can't with hockey you can't rely on one person to do it every time but he's doing his best and it shows every game that he is clearly the best that they have and it, it showed that when he was gone how important he was and he he's just he's one of those favorites to watch in the league I wish that the team was better so we could see more of him in the playoffs but like you said Ryan I just I don't see them squeaking in and if they do I don't see them making it past the first round.
1: The bread man could make it interesting. If the Rangers can stay close over the next month, there's some games against Buffalo. They could hopefully catch up with. They finished the year with two against Boston. So those two at the end of the season could be really important. If yeah. they managed to keep the distance close, they are only four points back with about the same games played. So they're not trailing in that category by too far necessarily. Um, I I tend to agree with Ryan here. I think the top four teams are going to just kind of continue to separate themselves out. Um, It's an interesting division because that's a Philly team that started the year hot, and then they Philly. Like, we are used to Philly doing, it seems like, at this point.
2: They were one of those weird teams where it's like, I had much higher expectations for them. I thought that they would be, like, at least talent-wise, I thought they would look better than the Islanders. I'd I'd probably put Philly at maybe like the two, or not the two, like the three spot in this division when we first started recording. And they just, they really know how to lay an egg. And every time I think that I want to hype up Hart, he goes out there and gives me a reason not to, and it's really disappointing.
0: <laughs> well, that's been the most frustrating thing about them is that their defense just forgot how to play, and so they strand Hart in the worst situations yep. ever. Like, you can't make 60 saves a night and save you every single time. You're going to need to block shots and make moves. I think yeah. it's sad that we all forget about the Islanders because they're very boring to watch. Like Even though they win, I think even Islanders fans, if they were truly honest with themselves, we're like, yeah, this is a boring hockey team. Like, well, we didn't win. they go
2: into a, a shootout with the uh, with Philly the other night, a 0-0 going into the shootout?
0: Probably. They play it, they, about 60% of their so game. Slow. Well,
2: and with, with Lee being out, is he still out?
1: Andrews Lee's done for the year. I think that yeah. was an ACL or a so he, broken bone.
2: He was basically the most interesting to watch, and he was also one they, of the most productive.
1: It's funny because Matt Barzal is an incredible player to play an individual game, but God, they're boring to watch because they don't do much
0: well, it's the way they're coached. You know, you look at Trotz, that is his style of play. He wants them to be very fundamental. He wants them to be strong on defense. They're going to dump the puck and they're going to wear you down. And they do it very, very well. And they have a lot of players who could go out and be fun to watch if you take the reins off them. But Trotz, he doesn't want that. So you look at a guy like Barzal, even a guy like Everly. These are guys, Sizikis, these are guys who can go score, but they're told to play the way – trots wants them too and they do and they win games so.
1: and lamarillo being the gm leads into that too where they're very it's a very structured environment that you saw what happened when they traded for the two guys from jersey they had to shave their faces somebody's wife got mad i think if i remember correctly i don't know somebody sleeping on the couch because he looked like a different person i think's happened who knows
2: Sounds like a messy situation out there.
1: (laughs) All right, so we're going to do a little bit of something fun here to wrap this episode. We're going to now make some people make some statements about some teams here. So I'm springing this on the other two. They didn't know they were getting themselves into really starting to nail down some of their thoughts on these teams. I'm going to start with your top three, and we're just going to do top three in the league, not from either side. We'll leave it pretty easy and open. We're not going to bury it for you. But your top three teams in the league, Right at this moment, give me your one, two, three power rankings, and we'll start with our first number one with Ryan. Give us, give us your number one, then we'll go to Jen.
0: Tampa. I know they haven't been playing great late, but I think they're just too good, and when the time comes, they're going to really turn it on.
1: All right, that's chalk. What about you?
2: Yeah, it's it's hard to not want to pick Tampa, but I mean, I I can't not think Avalanche. There's just they they scare me. If I'm being blunt. It's it's really just the difference of not having Vasilevsky in the net.
1: <laughs> and that is the main difference, I think, between the two is going to be goaltending if we see that matchup, is you don't necessarily have the proven name in net for Colorado yeah. that you have for Tampa. I just think that Tampa.
2: Colorado, they're already kind of playing like it's playoff hockey. They kind of always play like they're playing for something. Obviously. And that maybe that's what kind of teeters my mind that way, because they... They always play with that mentality where Tampa, as of late, it's like, I mean, I know that they're good. I know that they'll, they will they should do something. But when I watch them, I teeter towards the Avalanche because it's like, man, they want to go out there and they just want to dominate every single game, every single day.
0: The, the one thing that scares me about Tampa is that I think they're probably going to get Kucherov back for the playoffs. And so they've done all this without their number one scorer. And so knowing that he's coming back and is going to want to light it up and probably repeat, just that's what makes Yeah,
2: it. I guess that's what you forget yeah. about Tampa is the 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 talent that's missing right now.
1: And that is the straw that tilts me towards Tampa Bay and giving them the number one slot for me. And I'm not really going to add too much analysis to that because it's pretty simple. They have the most talent with the most experience in these situations, and they've pretty much coasted for the whole season. So. I don't know how you beat them if they're playing their best hockey, and they I don't think they've played it yet. So until they do, uh, until they give us a reason and, you know, do what they did against Columbus and choke and get swept all of a sudden by a team that shouldn't beat them, I'm going to take Tampa and hope it works out. Uh, your second team, Jen, we'll go to you on this one to start with. Who is number two?
2: Number two. That's tough. There's just so many... There's just so much even talent across the league that it's hard to think, but I mean it's really hard for me to not pick a team like Boston, and this is not bias, it's just a matter of the fact that they have Posnack and he is just a difference maker, a game changer. I think that Boston has a lot of that talent. I was I was kind of teetering between them and honestly the Penguins. I feel like they have a lot of similar talent but I just think Boston has that grit that makes them a different team and I love watching Pasta he is playing some of the best hockey I think I've seen him play Um, he's obviously a difference maker out there for them I think that the the problem with Boston is that they really know how to not show up in certain situations they do struggle and Rask he can be kind of a I mean, he, he's a phenomenal goalie, but he also struggles here and there. And I think with Halak being on IR, that has kind of made it difficult for Boston. But Boston is just always one of those teams where I think that they should be up there. They have all the talent to be up there. And they always have that fighting mentality to stay in games. I think, like, it's hard for me to not just want to pick teams from the East. And it's like, which one do I pick? Because the talent is so close. But... Boston just always seems to have that little extra oomph that you're looking for when it comes to winning those games.
1: You forgot Taylor Hall in that whole breakdown too. They just added him to score, you know, his whole league total for that he got in Buffalo. (laughs) Ryan, how about your second team? I'm gonna guess it's Colorado since Tampa was one. Yeah, (laughs) it has
0: to be. They're just they're too good. They're they're very very good, and you get Crosby Jr. and McKinnon who's uh-huh. pretty much modeled his entire life at this point after Sid the Kid. So There's worse he, role models to have. I can definitely agree with that. He is dangerous.
1: Well, mine's going to be really boring and really easy. It's Colorado at two, and it's pretty comfortable. They're very good. Um, they have a ton of talent. They have enough. in The front office has made all the moves that you would expect Joe Sackett to go out and, and make. We, when you rattled off their defenseman earlier you didn't even list like three of the guys that are under 25 and, and starting in the top four girardi is on there or gerard is on there uh, that ryan bowen kid i think is his last name he's a, another one um they've got a ton of talent they're young they're fast mckinnon and rantanen and landis cog look motivated Landis Cog gives off some serious old fighter captain vibes where they've got a physical presence if they need it, if he can stay healthy. I just think they're too much to deal with. All right, number three, making this difficult. This one, I, I feel like, I know Jin's answer here. Granted, I thought they'd be at two, but we'll we'll see. Who's number three?
2: What did you think I was going to say, Wild.
1: I was going to say Tampa because you still haven't picked them yet. But.
2: I know. I'm trying to be different. You guys have the same exact answers. So I'm trying to just make it different. Um, I mean, I feel like yeah, I have. Yeah, but. Like, I'm trying to just pick different teams as to where I think it'll stack up. Um <sighs>
1: I I guess I'd rather be right than try to be different. I don't know. Than
2: try and be different. I mean, right now, the Avalanche are leading the league, so I wasn't wrong in that first pick. I think Boston can always make a claim to scoot up into that number two. But number three, I'm not their biggest fan, but I think I have to go with Vegas. They just... I mean, with Flurry and Nett, he is obviously one of the league's best. They have incredible talent. They always are like that you forget that they joined the league not that long ago because they haven't had down years. They're always one of those top teams. They have the talent with Tuck and Stone and Carlson and just the the talent is unreal on that team and they're they're a tough team to play against and well unfortunately I don't know if Patrick Marlowe will win that record record breaking game because that's who they're playing against it's just Vegas is, they're, they're a very great hockey team and it's hard to bet against them. And I would love to see Vegas. I mean, I get to see Vegas play the Avalanche a lot in the West. They do match up a lot with each other, but I would love to see them play against teams like in like an East team or like the Tampa Bay Lightning, just kind of find teams that match their talent because I think that them and the avalanche run the West and then you have teams like the wild and the blues who can run with them. But I think that those two teams are so superior in this division. I would love to see what they look like against those other top teams in other divisions. Cause I think that their talent is it's above what's in this division and Again, they're one of those teams who has talent across the board with goaltending defense, forwards. It's they, They've got it going on. And I know I, I want to throw the Lightning in there somewhere, but the Lightning, they just – I have reason to speculate. They've given me enough of it to maybe not put them in my top three. <laughs> well,
1: they did choke against Columbus two years ago and didn't make it out the first round. So, yes, this team has proven they can win it all and lose it all pretty easily. So – yeah. Ryan, number three.
0: You're not going to like it, but it's Washington.
1: No, I'm not going to like I,
0: it. I think they are very, very good. I think they have so much talent. And I do, you're not going to like to see the Brovies probably going to get the power play goal record in the next couple of games. Their defense is so deep. And the only issue I ever see is the goaltenders. I don't know if Craig Anderson or Samsonov or Vanacek is going to win it for you. But if they can be lights out, they are going to cause a lot of problems for that division.
2: I love watching Washington. And I know Kyle hates it, being the Penguins fan that he is. But I don't like I the Penguins, think, and I love Washington. <laughs> I
1: think they have effort issues. I think they have coaching Shocker. issues. Shocker. <laughs> um, I, they have massive question marks in net. That, that, that's not even – a. I don't even think a debate at this point. That's their – as you correctly pointed out, I think their biggest – Question mark. Um the third team for me, and this is probably going to surprise some folks. I think Florida has a chance to wreck playoffs
2: High for some individuals. In Florida too. They have a, a couple
1: goal. of goalies. They are very deep. They have some guys with some experience from other places that they brought in this offseason. That's a team that can make some noise for the first time since the year of the Rat, and that's a fan base that would love nothing more than to find a way to support a team like that. Well, it also that, would be good for the NHL. Is,
2: that team is uh, somebody who's been causing trouble for the the number one that you guys just picked.
1: Yeah, they that team is the one team I think that can really give tampa some problems and they could do it early enough on that it, it they're not awake yet kind of catch tampa sleeping yeah. early on and oh by the way this team was not just in the regular season they're real real that's the only thing that could hurt them is the amount of times they've seen each other this year you right. see a and team I- that often and then you see them again in the playoffs the they've got a way they know how you play they know your stuff. you're not going to go and change reinvent the wheel this late in the season you, you are who you are in a lot of instances at this point, and that experience playing each other could be detrimental or positive for Florida. I think it's interesting to see how this playoff goes. Um, the other team I would say that's close, and since we've all kind of given an extra extra one there, is I think Vegas is the team I would say that I left out of my rankings. That's a team that I think is going to really cause some problems in the playoffs, even if they don't get the necessarily the number one seed.
0: Another interesting thing about Florida, even though they lost Ekblad, they're still playing incredibly well. And you talk about them going against Tampa. They have a few guys on that roster, Strawman and Gudis, who used to play for Tampa. So they know Vassy well. They kind of know his tendencies. So that might be big and helpful should they have to play a full round. And they have four unreal goaltenders, which is just mind-boggling. Because even their rookie, Spencer Knight, I don't know if he's played a game yet, but he's super good. I
2: love Spencer Knight. Love yeah. me some Spencer Knight. He, gonna he's be, fun to watch.
1: They're going to have some decisions to make with who they protect when it comes to this expansion draft.
2: Yeah, that, those are production. things that I completely forget about.
1: <laughs> and they've got
0: production out of guys who you wouldn't expect, like Achari, Betrano, guys who on other teams, like when they came to the league, are fourth line guys who are now top six, top nine forwards. Like Noel is scoring hat tricks. I think he is. I think he's f- tied for fourth in franchise history with most hat tricks already. So,
1: um, And the other guy you mentioned scored tonight already. Vetrano scored already this evening. So uh, that Florida team is interesting. They're clicking. They're playing really good hockey right now. They've got goaltending. They've got a coach who is familiar with winning um, and especially winning in the playoffs because Coach Q is down there and that's never a bad thing for for, for having that guy behind your bench. It's very rarely that you're going to hear me say there's a coaching disadvantage for Florida in that scenario.
2: The real um, test would be Florida, like playoff Florida Panthers. Would they, real with how much are they going to boost up? And how how different will it be against those other teams who kind of level up when it comes to playoffs? How will they look against them? Will they be able to also reach that kind of peak play? That would be what's interesting to me is if, are they a really good regular season team and a struggling playoff team because we they have been not not exactly relevant for a while where we don't know what they're going to look like if and when that time comes and they make it to that next level cuz i mean i pers- i don't know what playoffs look like this year with how that's going to look um
1: A mess. It's going to look like a mess. That's what it's going to look like.
2: Exactly. I don't know, like, division-wise, who's going to play who and how that's all going to work. Are they going to have those kind of exhibition games again? And then the round robin, which I personally enjoyed that. I wouldn't mind seeing that again. Um,
1: they aren't going to do that again, I don't think, unless they absolutely have to. They, I, while I while it, yes, I, it was more revenue, uh and the players weren't probably super keen on. Oh, I killed myself all season to then go play a round robin tournament to figure out if I'm even in the regular tournament. That seems dumb.
2: I, I yeah, uh, I personally loved it, but I mean, there's all the technicalities of it, but I I just feel like you know you get the top seeded teams and then they kind of play like play out for that true number one seed. And then those other teams who it's like they were maybe bubble teams getting that last chance to prove themselves. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but also in a team in a year where the season is so condensed, that's just also so much extra hockey that if you don't need it, then don't play it.
0: I'm pretty sure it's gonna be uh first round will be one and four in the division play each other and two and three. And then the winners will play each other to see who. And so I'm pretty sure that the central will play the east and the north will probably end up playing the west.
1: You're going to get some disgusting playoff matchups with some nasty rivalries in this first couple of rounds. Yeah. And there's going to be the
2: central versus the east. That just sounds yeah. like there's
1: going to be lots teams, of
2: blood. <laughs>
1: the, the teams that saw each other all year are basically yeah. guaranteed to see each other in the second round. And it's going to be an absolute war. Whoever you get. Is going to be just brutal. All, All right, think- guys. We're getting towards the end here. We're gonna run out of some time. We're gonna want to keep everybody too long. So we're gonna wrap it up with that information for everybody in our top threes to close it out. Uh as I said earlier, follow the podcast at SIA first line. Follow Jen at Big Mac underscore four. Follow Ryan at Ryan underscore feaster nineteen. You can find us on all of the social media handles. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Let us know if you have any questions. We always love answering questions. Um, anything else to add for this evening before we get out of here, Ryan?
0: No, I just think that Florida could be dangerous, and that's cue. Being the head coach is going to be big for them come playoffs.
1: Jen, final thoughts? Go wild. <laughs> Shocking. And that will get us out of here. Maybe next time we will have our third normal line mate back. Maybe you'll see Ryan again. Who knows? Tune in, like, rate, review, subscribe.
2: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.